You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of my show. Today, I have Pat Militich on the show with me. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Patty. Good to see you. Thank you. Pat is very accomplished. He has so many different things. Um, I, I want Pat to tell you his story and his own words, just like I do with all of my guests. Pat, go ahead and tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up. Sure. I'm, I'm from Bettendorf, Iowa. And of course, in Iowa, we all the boys wrestle and then the bad wrestlers go out for basketball generally is, is the way it works. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But I grew up, my father left, left, left our house basically when I was about eight years old. So I was raised by my mother and always, I think the outlet was sports, football, wrestling, things like that for me. And I always wanted to excel at them and I did pretty good, but I couldn't breathe. I had a, I had a serious breathing problem and that's kind of where this, uh, everything changed for me <clears throat> was in my early twenties, I discovered organics. I had done a lot of research because I couldn't breathe correctly and I was suffocating when I was in wrestling matches and things like that. So I was searching for answers. Doctors couldn't figure it out. And it ended up being black mold because my mom's foundation was cracked everywhere. It would leak when it would rain and my bedroom was down there. So I spent my whole childhood, you know, in black mold. So anyway, uh, through a lot of research, I discovered some organics and talked to several you know, people that were very well educated in the, in that world back in those days. And, you know, it's been, you know, 30 years ago or, or more. So I finally got on some organics in 10 days, my respiratory system literally healed. So I went from not being able to breathe and barely be able to run three miles while I was, a, I was a, getting ready to turn professional in kickboxing. As crazy as that sounds when you can't breathe, I was still going to, you know, give it a shot. But anyway, I went from sparring you know, three to four rounds with world-class boxers when I was working on my boxing skills to 10 to 12 rounds in 10 days. And then I could run after training and getting my, my conditioning up. All of a sudden I went from struggling for three miles to running 16 and a half minute 5Ks. I'm dunking basketballs at five foot 10. Um, my muscles just would not run out of oxygen because of the antioxidants that I was taking. And my breathing was perfect and ended up winning a, a world title in the UFC, of course, because of that. And being able to accomplish that allowed me to train a lot of professional athletes to win world titles and have televised careers and then train law enforcement and military all over the country and have a broadcasting career. So, the you know, the trajectory of my life obviously changed considerably just based on my health. Mm -hmm. um, so, I just sorry, go ahead. I have to ask, so when you were um, younger and you were still living in your mom's basement, how are your grades in school? Because I've heard, you know, kids who are exposed to toxic mold, they have a really hard time concentrating. And um, what are some of those symptoms that you exhibited looking back? Definitely some, some attention deficit, but I think I, where I found myself most comfortable was in the woods with my dogs. I was a lot younger than my older brothers and my sister. Um, so I was, I was kind of like a single kid of the, the only kid of the family because they were already out of the house long before me. So I had two German shepherds from age eight or younger, maybe seven until I was 18. That's when they both passed away. It was uh, male and female German shepherds. So I spent all my time with my dogs in the woods. I had them trained and they 
listen to me. They wouldn't chase deer or squirrels or other dogs or anything like that. And so they were my buddies and I went everywhere with them. I love that so much. Um, I'm an outdoorsy girl too. So um, tell us a little bit about when you were in high school, what what career path did you want to take? I mean, obviously you were super into um, like the sports, but um, what made you decide to go into, you said UFC, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, you know, originally it's kind of funny. All of my brothers, all three of my brothers were six, five, just big guys. And generally people with Croatian genes, Croatian blood are pretty big people. Their water polo team, their basketball teams are all giants. So I assumed I was going to be really big and I just assumed I was going to be playing football for the university of Iowa. That, that's where I was going. And as a kid that, you know, I didn't idolize athletes. There were only a couple athletes that I really looked up to. One of them was Dan Gable, who was the head coach of the Iowa wrestling program for many years. Great, great coach, great wrestler. Um, and a couple others, but for the most part, I just assumed I was going to go to the university of Iowa, play linebacker, go to the NFL, you know, just a young boy. Right. Well, I didn't realize that cutting weight three quarters of the year, starting in sixth grade. And back then cutting weight was not eating, right. Cutting weight was starving and cutting out all water. So I stunted my growth. I'm pretty sure. So I only got to five ten. So the football, the football career went out the window and I had gone to college for wrestling and for marketing, marketing and advertising. I had an artistic, more of an artistic brain than anything else. And so my mother got heart problems though, when I was in school and all my older brothers and my sister were out of the house, they were married. So I decided I was going to go back home and try and help take care of her was working three jobs. And and during one of those jobs, a guy gave me a pass to a kickboxing gym, a free week pass. And Mm -hmm. I went there and ended up liking it. And that's, that's how I got on the path of martial arts and, and doing what I did. Man, I love that so it's, much. It's, it's a funny, it's kind of a funny story. I'll, I'll try to make it short, but he, one of my foremans was a guy from Kentucky. I was pouring concrete during the day and bartending and bouncing at night uh, to make extra money. But he was from Kentucky and he was a black belt in karate. And he laughed at me and he said, he basically challenged me. This is long before the UFC ever started. And he said, a karate man would destroy a wrestler. And I said, you're obviously not very familiar with being grabbed by Iowa wrestlers. And he said, at lunchtime, we can go out in the field and we can find out. And I said, okay, we'll go out there. And so I just took him down a couple of times and, and threw him around a little bit. I didn't, I didn't beat him up or anything, but that's what, that's how I ended up getting the free week pass though, to the kickboxing karate gym. <laughs> that is awesome. So tell us how you, how you did um, get into the UFC. I mean, that doesn't happen just overnight, right? Yeah, no, I, I was, I was doing the kickboxing doing and K one rules kickboxing, which is low kicks are legal in that to the legs and did real well at that. And one of the guys that refereed a couple of my fights in Chicago, I used to go up to Chicago a lot to fight, called me up one day and he said, Hey, there's a a tournament going on in Chicago. It's no rules, no time limits and no weight divisions. And it's $5,000 winner take all. What do you want to do? I think I can get you in it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so it was called Battle of the Masters. And it was an eight-man tournament. So you had to fight three times in one evening to win the tournament. And so I went up there and had won that. And that kind of got me started in the the world of mixed martial arts. So it was the Wild West days, so to to speak, of of, uh, mixed martial arts. It was called No Holds Barred back then. 
And obviously the rules changed over a period of time. And, and my manager and I actually wrote the rules for the state of Iowa athletic commission, and then they passed it. So that's kind of the transition, how that all happened. That's exciting to me. I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a big screen TV and he'd watch always, he'd watch boxing and UFC. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was nice because there was only usually one show per month. Mm -hmm. And so everybody would have big parties and things like that. Now it's very oversaturated. There's almost there's shows everywhere every weekend and things, things like that. So it's not quite as exciting, I don't think to the fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of people love it still, though. I know around here in Florida, we have quite a few different, all sorts of different fight clubs and all that stuff. We even have a, a kickboxing club up the road. I keep thinking about going to try it out myself. So. Well, it's a, you know, the nice thing about martial arts, this is the one thing that I tell people is you could start at age five and go till you're a hundred years old and you're never going to even learn just a drop in the ocean of the material and the knowledge that's out there when it comes to, when it comes to martial arts. And it's a cere- cerebral exercise. You truly have to be thinking the whole time you're doing it. You know, because of the techniques and the reactions and actions and everything that's happening and can happen quickly, even when you're just doing mitts with a trainer, you know, you're getting out of the way. They're teaching you how to move your head and defend yourself and things like that. So it's you're getting in shape while you're focused mentally. What would you tell somebody like me who I kind of I want to try it? I'm going to try it just because I want to. That's my personality. But I am a little bit apprehensive about it. I mean, it looks pretty intimidating. Well, and I do understand that because when I first went to the kickboxing karate gym, even though I had boxed a little bit when I was younger and I'd wrestled my whole life and played football. So I was used to, you know, a lot of contact, uh, very physical sports, but I was nervous. You know, I didn't know what to expect. And so it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to, to be apprehensive about, you know, going into a martial arts gym, but generally what you're going to find in most martial arts gyms is people are very kind because they're very capable. So when keep, when people are capable of doing a lot of damage, they're generally really nice people because they don't ever want to hurt people because they know as well as I learned and got better over the years, even with all the years of wrestling and the karate and the kickboxing, the jujitsu, the Russian sambo, you know, all the different arts that I practiced, what I started to realize was all the different ways that I recognized that I was capable of hurting another human being, well, There's a lot of people out there that know the same things I know that are capable of hurting me. And that's when you go, okay, wait a minute. That's, (laughs) you start to fight a little safer, actually, as you get, as you get better and work your way up through the ranks in the world. But no, everyone should know how to take care of themselves, right? Everyone. And it's, it's super important, especially the way the world's going right now. Mm -hmm. If everyone knew that everyone knew a lot of ways to hurt another person, how much more would people respect each other? You know, mm-hmm. that martial, that martial mindset of respect. And it's not because you fear the other person. It's just because you respect that they have a lot of knowledge and how to defend themselves. So mm-hmm. and it does, it helps people carry themselves differently, right? If you're walking down the street with a lot of knowledge and you're very fit, you're very fast um, and you have a lot of repetitions at how to do things, you know, you just are going to walk differently down, down the street and down the sidewalk and people can you know, most people can pick that up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You remember when you're a kid, I know if if kids would fight back when I was younger, now a lot of parents are saying, Oh, don't fight, you know, go tell your teacher. I get you're supposed to tell tell an adult, but sometimes you just can't. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, 
if we were disrespectful when we were kids, we would get our ass kicked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing is I, you know, growing up for me, you know, definitely, and especially general, well, it's going to be for everybody nowadays, it seems like, but Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, and I guess now too, boys are always at some point in their life going to have to defend themselves, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever had to defend yourself when you were yeah. growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it happens to almost everybody, and it's I think it's important. You know, I've got three daughters. I taught them how to how to throw punches, how to throw kicks. You know, they've got pretty decent boxing skills, and they carry themselves in in a very confident way, and they won't they generally won't back down from people. They, you know, they'll, they'll make people, you know, understand that they're not going to play games with them. And so that's what I wanted for my daughters when they go off to college, which two of them are in college now that I at least sent them off with some, some skill sets, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yep. To the boy out there listening who punched me and I had to throw him in the dirt and make him eat grass. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up with boys and definitely had lots of wrestling matches. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me a little bit more about, I know we're kind of jumping from subject to subject, but I want my listeners to hear about this a little bit more too. Your organics, like tell us more in detail about that, because that's pretty interesting to me. I've been trying really hard to eat healthy and um, make sure I have my, my proteins, but I'm also doing organic and I, I'm kind of curious what you have to say about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, me, me healing my own respiratory system and healing my own body turned a light bulb on for me and other things happened that turned light bulbs on for me well as well. And I've always been a person that asks when I see something going on, I don't just observe it happening. I always ask, why is it happening? So for instance, uh, when boys started to be brought to me when I was teaching karate and all of a sudden there was this new condition called autism that was a couple boys here and there. I think it was one in 5,000 at that time in the nineties and now it's one in 36, right? So it, it, I, I said, what is going on? There's a problem with the food. Are they on medications? What's going on? And so I, I talked to the parents about it and we'd work towards better diet. I'd try to educate people on what to put in their bodies and ask them about the medications and say, is it our goal to get him off of these medications? Because, you know, I, I, I didn't feel that. And I knew a little bit about pharmaceuticals back in those days and I wasn't real I wasn't real uh, fond of it. You know, that's not a, not a great thing to be putting in a kid's body necessarily. So, uh, so that was one thing. And then when European and South American and Asian fighters would come from all over the world to train at my facility, and that was, you know, starting 25 years ago, these guys would go to the grocery store here and they'd come back to the gym that night and they'd say, now we know why Americans are so obese and so disease ridden your grocery stores are full of nothing but poison. This is incredible. They couldn't believe what they saw. And so that's just a series of light bulbs that went off for me. And so I just went on a mission and a quest to search for the most nutritious food. Where does it come from? What type of soil should, should it be grown in? And you know, what supplementation, what nutrients are out there? What's what supplements are out there that, that can, that can not only change uh, health, but also, allow you to perform under a, a lot of stress, a lot of need for endurance, both um, aerobic and anaerobic conditioning, and be able to function at a very high level that most humans on the planet could never operate at. And so that was it, which I just went on a quest. And so all the way from supplementation to food, to soil, 
and we keep dumping massive amounts of petroleum-based fertilizers and synthetics and, and uh, herbicides, pesticides all over our crops and it gets in our soil, all over our golf courses. All, everybody in decent neighborhoods are putting this stuff on their lawns. It's ending up in our water. So all of these things. And so I keep stressing to people, we are organic organisms. There's nothing out there that is synthetic or that comes from rocks that's still in rock form, minerals and, and vitamins that are going to be absorbed by the receptors of your body. It has to come from plants uh, when it comes to from supplements, right? And now we talk about we are what we eat. Well, our food is what it eats. So when people think about that and realize that what you're eating was eating petroleum-based molecules to grow, and then it was sick because of that, and then they had to spray it with, say, glyphosate, which was patented as um, an antibiotic to, to keep bugs from eating it, you say to yourself, yeah. okay, we've, we've got to stop. So we've got to be able to put uh, we've got to be able to put powerful organic um, nutrients into our body that have the ability to go into the cell and clean the cell out to grab those heavy metals and toxins and chelate them or remove them out of the cell, raise oxygen levels inside of the cell, improve mitochondrial function, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, the mitochondria is the furnace of the cell. It needs fuel to burn to create energy in the cell. And so organic forms of metal when you hear about the zincs and the magnesiums and all these sorts of things when you take those if they're in uh, synthesized form or again rock form that haven't been pulled up out of the ground by a plant and bonded with a carbon molecule your body's not going to use it it's just not going to be effective so plants plants are everything nutrient-rich plants and of course i eat grass-fed meat and things like that as mm -hmm. well so yeah, I haven't eaten a lot of meat lately, but I've been trying to eat a more more plants than meat, but I do have some fish and chicken, so. Nothing um, nothing wrong with that. We just, I've got a, a friend of mine over across the river here that has, his chickens are truly free range. I don't know how many thousands of chickens he has running all over the place. His pigs are in the woods eating whatever they can find in, mm -hmm. in the woods, and and his cattle are purely grass fed, no hormones, no no medications, no anything. So that's amazing. I, I miss that. I lived in Michigan and we did a, we had a homestead. So okay. uh, I miss that. But um, so my husband, he's retired military. You had mentioned at the beginning of the show that you've helped teach military and law, law enforcement. Tell us a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. So as I, as my MMA career blossomed, so to speak, I started getting calls. Um, one of my training partners was a Davenport, Iowa police, police officer. And he, enlisted me basically to help train the Davenport police department at that time. And then it kind of spread from there, started training military as well and ended up training. I don't, I think we have right around a million end users. So the instructors that we trained, the thousands of people that we trained went out and had trained, you know, their departments or their military units, things like that. So, you know, it was, it was a lot, it's a lot of fun. COVID threw such a wrench in all of that. And I just, I love interacting with people who are highly motivated and want to do good things, you know, during their lifetime. And so that's something that I've, I've missed because of their, that's not happened as much because of COVID. Come to Florida. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so um, tell everybody a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So we used to do a podcast that was based on what, what we tried to tell people, Hey, this is what's coming. This is what's going on behind the scenes. You know, the newspaper says this, but let's go ahead and break this down for you. 
And so we did that for seven years. And it was a little bit draining to end up being right where the the mainstream media would eventually report on it and it would come out, you know, a year after we talked about it, six months after we talked about it. But yet everybody called us, you know, the tinfoil hat wearers and things like that. And so I said, we broke into the top 50. It was a little ways into COVID where we were in the top 50 in the world in news gathering, radio shows and podcasts. And, but I still said, this is too draining. I have to step away from this because there's a lot of negativity attached to this because we're reporting the truth. And at the same time, we're being bombarded with people calling us lunatics. And I, I just, you know, I want to step away from it. So we did that. And then we came back and, and started the new podcast called the self-defense warrior podcast. And it's a 360 degree view of asymmetrical self-defense because there's so many things going on in the world and so many things that we have to defend ourselves against nowadays you know, just as I talked about health, health and wellness, understanding what's going to get us healthy. How can we protect ourselves from the chemicals in our environment? There's thousands upon thousands of chemicals that are used, you know, and then biological, right? Going through pandemic after pandemic after pandemic, people getting sick, respiratory illnesses, flus, things like that. How can I build my immune system? And so while there are germs out there everywhere, I'm a person that believes in terrain theory. So, and the mainstream media would say things like, hey, wash your hands, disinfect everything around you, wear a mask, stay six feet away from people, lock yourself in your house. And oh, by the way, which is germ theory, what they're saying. And then at the same time, out of the other side of their mouth would say, the people who are most vulnerable are obese and have comorbidities. And I said, yes. how can you say terrain theory without saying terrain theory, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, I just try to... I try to have common sense conversations with people and that's not always possible these days. It's not always possible. I've had conversations with even there's many doctors out there that are good people. Many. There's a lot of agronomists who are very knowledgeable on the organic side, horticulturalists that are, you know, very knowledgeable on the organic side, but you know, chemists, scientists, you know, a lot of different people out there that haven't gone. <laughs> in. Oh, you okay. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Getting over you know, cold. Yeah. Who, who, took their education and then stopped researching. They stopped thinking for themselves. And so the people that do think for themselves, those are the people that I like to talk to and have a, a conversation where we can come to an understanding. We might not always agree, but at least we can, we can have a decent conversation without arguing with each other. But I've had some conversations where even a chemist, it's been, I don't know, a month and a half ago now, I was at a digital currency meeting and he laughed at me when I was talking to a lady who owns a CBD company explaining uh, fulvicumic acids that come, that are derived from peat bogs. And I was explaining organic forms of metal. And he laughed at me and he said, there's no such thing as organic forms of metal. And I said, and then his friend was laughing and pointed at his friend and said, he's a chemist. And I said, so I need to explain to a chemist how metals become organic. And he said, sarcastically he said give it your best shot and so i said when metals are pulled up out of the ground by a plant that's called chelation and bonded again with you know just like i said earlier bonded with a carbon molecule they become very stable and can be burned by the mitochondria which is the furnace of your cell to generate energy in your cell and all he said to me was okay i'll agree that things can be bonded with a carbon molecule and i just i just i i didn't know what to say after that but that's the kind of conversations and, and 
information that they just haven't been, they haven't been taught. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate because many people like that are the ones that are in charge at the CDC, at the world health organization, a lot of other places where they're doing in my mind, a, a disservice to mankind by not having a view of both sides. Right. And, com- and to be completely honest, it's dangerous. I mean, um, I'm, I definitely am not for pharmaceuticals. Once in a while, I understand that, it, you know, they can be helpful in certain situations. But I mean, anti- the- there, there have been antibiotics yeah. put out and things like that, that have absolutely mm-hmm. saved probably millions of lives. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're modern medicine has made a lot of great breakthroughs, but th- there are sectors of, of that industry that, are, have proven they're not very trustworthy. I mean, some mm-hmm. massive, massive criminal lawsuits have happened because of some of their actions, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I have story after story, especially in the military community. Um, oh, Boone, Boone Cutler and I, um, we've, we've done some shows together about this very thing. So um, interesting, interesting topics. Yeah. And that's the thing is I like to, I was on the, I was on the phone with a he was former white house white house intelligence but he had been i think he was in the navy first and then in the army and his body had just he's completely just fallen apart and it's it's heartbreaking and so i was talking to him about some different products that we can get him on and and help him you know hopefully improve his health (laughs) and at the same time i got a message from tim james i don't know if you're familiar with tim james from chemical free body no, I'm not. So chemical free body is, a, yeah, he's, this guy's amazing. And mm-hmm. his formulator is Dr. Treadway, Dr. Treadway from the Hippocrates health Institute. But anyway, mm-hmm. Tim hits me up and says, Hey, there's, I've got a professional baseball player who wants to talk to you on zoom. He's got some questions about the super soldier project uh, product that I have. And Tim, Tim partnered with me on the super soldier product. And so I jumped on the Zoom and I kept the military individual on speakerphone so he could listen to the conversation. And so this professional baseball player, he's a very high level player, said he's been on the product three weeks. And he said, my workouts, my the hardest endurance workouts that I do are now a breeze, super easy for me. And he said, this is this is really incredible stuff and just had a few more questions about it. And he said he's telling people about the product but he refuses to tell other baseball players about it because he wants to be that much above, you know, the other, the other professional athletes, which I understand because I did the same thing about the products that I was on to win a world title. I didn't tell any, except my team. I put my fighters on those same products and we had 12 world world champions out of that. And 95 people made it to televised careers. So obviously the supplementation was definitely helping but I didn't tell any opposing they'd ask and I'd tell all my fighters do not tell anyone the products you're on. Nobody, nobody gets that secret. So I understood why he was saying it. That's awesome. Hey, um, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up the show already and I've had so much fun with you today. Um, but could you tell my listeners, what is one trial in your life and how did you overcome that trial? I'm sure you've had a ton of different things, but what's one thing that just really sticks out to you? Well, I mean, my brothers, I, two of my oldest brothers, my two oldest brothers who were nine and 10 years older than me, both committed suicide, you know, and I had learned that they had been molested as kids by Catholic priests. And so they, they towed demons along with them through their life and had a tough time, you know, with that. They were both really amazing guys. One was, you know, he 
very successful in business, became, you know, a multimillionaire by the time he was, I think, 24, 25 years old. And then my next oldest brother, you know, was in the Air Force, was very successful in business as well. And they were about three years apart. Their suicides were about, you know, three years apart. And so that, you know, broke my mother's heart, of course. And so I decided that I've got to do something to hopefully put a smile on her face, right? After all of that. And so I decided to go win a world title, make her smile. So that's, that's part of it, you know, and you just, there's always a hole there, but you, you just, you know, you deal with it and the hole gets smaller over time. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think several of my listeners have been um, touched by suicide in one way or another, either a friend, family member, um, unfortunately my family's had that situation with my dad and my cousin. So, um, it's, it's a tough thing, to but you're, well, it is tough, but you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, you need to stick around and you need to make somebody else smile. You you're here for a reason and we need to remember that. So thank you for driving that home. I think that's important, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is the things that I guess give me, a reason to stick around is doing my best to help other people, you know, and, and when I get out, you know, I got a text message just earlier today and I put it on my, my Instagram, a guy that, you know, was having, you know, a lot of problems with his health and I got him started on a product and he said, I've lost 14 pounds effortlessly and I feel great. This is amazing. Thank you so much. You know, and just by putting the proper, really high level organic nutrients in a person's body, how much you can dramatically change the outlook of their life, you know? And so hopefully he will do the same thing and, and tell people, you know, how he's doing it and, and to, for people to eat better, just simply eat better, drink more water, you know, high level water, high level water. I would suggest, you know, a Kangen water, water machine. Those are the best that I've found anyway, things like that, because of all the stuff that's in our water, it's super important to, to try and, Drink some good, good, clean water without the chemicals. Oh my goodness. Yes. Our refrigerator has a filter in it and it must've ran out yesterday and I took a big gulp of water and oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I, I just can't even drink the unpurified water anymore. It tastes like chemicals, toilet water. <laughs> you can, you can taste it. And that's the thing this, you know, with the Mississippi river, you know, the, the water has dropped considerably and they couldn't even move grain up and down the river, you know, because the river had dropped so much and they had to put more chemicals into the water, the tap water. And so everybody in my area, in the quad cities here, were all complaining about the taste of the water. And, you know, it's, it was obvious what was happening. And that's the thing is, so, you know, for folks out there that, that, um, you know, are having chemicals put on their lawn, things like that, you know, let's try and figure something out. Let's do some organics, look into it, do a little bit of research and put something on your lawn that right away, immediately after you put it on your lawn, your children can go outside and play on it in bare feet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, tell my listeners where they can find your social media, your website, your podcast. Yeah. So they can go to the podcast. It's the self-defense warrior podcast on rumble it's also on red voice media so people can go there we have a free version that's about a half hour if they want to listen to more of the solutions on the back end they can they can pay a very low fee for that i'm at pj militich on instagram and my website for the product that i 
that I really love. And as well as all chemical free body products, they can get there from going to the site, organic soldier.com. So that's, I want to build super soldiers out of veterans, out of anybody, civilians. Let's, let's build some organic super soldiers and get the right nutrients in people's bodies and change their health, change their outlook. And so they don't, they don't have to be trapped in the system. Right. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Thank you very much, Pat, for being on the show. And everybody, definitely go back and uh, check out Pod. So, or Pod, oh, I can't talk today. Pat's social media and podcast. <laughs> I just made a new word, y'all. Um, and if you're watching this, you're going to see the links on the screen. If you're listening, you can go over to the show notes. You can go to my website. You can find the show records there. Um, so thank you again, Pat, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Patty Catter. Until next time.